So look, the, the reason for, bam, <laughs> I can see. The uh, reason for the equip service, when we were, you know, we first started talking about this equip service and what we wanted to do, we wanted to, we wanted to, have, to put something, to have a service that, that did that. It just equipped, it equipped us, it equipped us as followers of Christ to go out and do what the Great Commission says, to, to you know, to, as we go, share the gospel, share the good news. And share the story of Jesus. And we've been talking about our beliefs uh, in this the last several weeks, or I guess this whole semester. But we've been talking about our beliefs, what we believe as a church. We've talked about things like uh, we believe that the Word of God is inerrant; it's the infallible Word. That everything in the Bible is true. That God gives us uh, gives each one of us gifts, and. Um, and then we've talked about if the Bible is true, what does that mean for us? So those are some of the things that we've covered. And tonight, what I, what, uh, what I was, I would say ask, what I was told I was talking about was, uh, or is, you know, one God. Our belief that we believe, and our covenant says, it states in there that we believe in one God. We believe in one God. You know, there's so many different religions out there, and they believe in countless gods. They believe in this, that, or the other. They believe that this god serves this god. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And the more you research it, the more kind of tripped out you get by what all's out there. And um, so I made some notes tonight. And so my question is, what, is, what does it mean for us? What does it mean for us to believe in one God? I mean, really, you know, if you, if you really think about that, what... What does that mean? Because God tells us over and over and over again, He tells us all through Scripture that He is Lord. There is one God. He says, Deuteronomy 6, 4, He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Isaiah 45, I am the Lord, there is no, one, no other God before me. Apart from me, there is no God. He said in, uh, in Isaiah 46, Remember the former things of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God. There is no one like me. John 17. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. 1 Corinthians 8. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. 1 Timothy 2. For there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ. So Scripture is very clear. And look, I could pull out Isaiah and I could probably read another 30 or 40. Just one God, one God, one God. God tells us over and over and over again that there's, there's one God, that He is God. I am the Lord, is what He says. I am your God. And when I, when I, when I was... When I was studying all this, man, I, I, when I started reading that, I was like, wow. I mean, you literally get empowered when you hear God tell you over and over and over again that he is God. And so then I went back to Numbers. And if you look at Numbers 23, 19, what that does, that tells us who God is. Just a little bit about who God is. And it says, God's not human, that he should lie. Not a human being, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill. Now, each one of us have had, um, have had somebody, have had people, probably uh, countless people, tell us things they're going to do, they don't do it. 
You know, people lie to you. I mean, you know, it's just the way of the world. But it happens all the time. But to see, that's not God. It's not our God. He, he's, in fact, in fact, we, I love the way, uh, I love what Paul tells us when Paul says that God can't lie. He tells us in Hebrews, God can't lie. He can't lie. God is not human that He should lie, not a human being that He should change His mind. Does He speak and not act? Does He promise and not fulfill? The answer to that is no. It's just, it's just no. So like, the question again is like, what does that mean for us? Really? I mean, if you think, if you, if you really think, what does that mean for us? Several, uh, several years ago, my son Reed was about six, and we were going hunting. And um, it got, uh, the later it got, you know, the more anxious. He's not that way anymore, but the more anxious that he got. Well, well, it got time to leave, and we were leaving. And as we were leaving, it was cloudy, and it was really, really dark outside. And we started walking, and the coyotes started howling. And he was several steps behind me. And I noticed that he was right on my backside at this point. And he looks at me and he says, Dad, are we going to get home tonight? I said, Bree, we're good, man. But, 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 Dad, did you hear that? Are we safe? I said, Bree, we're good. But, 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 Dad, we've been walking a long time, man. Are you sure we're going to get home? I said, Reed. And he said, but. I said, Reed, I promise you, man. And when I said that, I reached out behind me, and I grabbed his hand. And when I grabbed his hand, he was shaking. He was shaking so bad, his little voice was quivering. And as I said, I promise you, Reed, I know where I'm going, and we're going to get home. He looked at me, and he was so scared. He said, okay, Daddy. And in about five seconds, his shaking stopped. His voice was still trembling, but he stopped. And all I told him, I said, just look down and keep walking. And he did. And he went from complete fear to able to take those steps. And the coyotes were still howling. Everything in the woods was escalated. The noise was louder. It just seemed... To a six-year-old kid, he was in terrorville. But he was so calm. Just that simple promise I made to him calmed him down. And when I was telling him the truth, he kept asking me, Daddy, you promise. And there's something about those words in there. There's something about those words. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. But I promise. And see, that, based on our promise, went to that. Now, why is that? Because he believed it. He believed it. He completely knew that what I was saying was the truth. It was fact. In his six-year-old mind, what I said was the gospel to him. So what about us? What about you? What about me? Do you believe the promises that God makes us? Because if we believe that there's one God, then we have to believe His promises. 
we believe that that one God wrote a book for us to learn out of and that it's inerrant, it is without fault. It's without, it's perfect. If we believe that, then do we believe the promises that are in that book or in His Word? So I want to ask us three things tonight. Do we know the promises that He made to us? Do we understand those promises? And get this, do we pursue those promises? I read this book one time. It's called um, Four Cups by Chris Hodges. And it talks about the promises of God. And it was really good, man. And, and what he did is he looked, at, um, he, he looked at the promises that God made to the people, to the Israelites, when Moses was leading them out of Egypt. And it's in Exodus 6, 6 through 7. I'm going to read it. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will free you out from under the yoke of the, Egypt, uh, of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with many acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Did you catch that? The Lord. The Lord. One God, many promises. One God, many promises. So we've all heard about uh, the Jewish holiday, the Passover, right? It's, even to this day, they celebrate the Passover. And the Passover is just that. It's, it's the celebration of God leading the Israelites out of Egypt, as I just said. And, and one of the things that, and I just learned this, I didn't know this, one of the things that they celebrate is called the, the I wills, the four I wills. And when you look back at that scripture that we just read, you, you can see I will, I will, I will, I will four times. They celebrate that. The first I will says, I will bring you out. It's God's promise to them of salvation. Ephesians 1.3 confirms that as many, as many passages in Scripture do. The next is, I will free you. I'll free you. How comforting is that? I will free you. God's promise that He will deliver us. We see it in Romans. I will redeem you, which is His promise to restore us. To restore us. And then the fourth one is, I will take you as my own people. So, I will bring you out. I will free you. I will will redeem you. And I will take you as my own people, which is God's promise promise of fulfillment. Which leads back to our theme verse, John 10.10. Or, well, theme passage. It starts at John 10.10, which says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've, I've come to bring you life, that you should have life to the full, that you should live life to the full. So I bring you out, I free you, I restore you or redeem you, I will take you as my own people. So one God, many promises. Which made me think, Do any of us, do do I, do you, are we living in bondage right now? I mean, is there anything that's, you know, that's keeping us 
as slaves? Or what are we slaves to? I mean, I think if we all sat here long enough, we could think of quite a few things that we could realize that we're slaves to. Does, um, does God seem a million miles away? He seem far off? Does it seem like um, you were created for more? You ever think about that? Man, God, I just know there's more to this life. Do you, do you, do you feel like that? Do you think God has you here for... It's just something bigger. Just something bigger. I go back to God's promise. I think simply this. Polly hears me say this all the time. Y'all hear me say this all the time from up here. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you declares. You get that? Declare. Declare. I love the Greek. Declare. Like, stamp it. The plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. Another one of His promises. He has a plan for our life, and the plan for our life is to live life to the fullest. Like, that's what He wants for us. So how do we know? How, how do we know what God's will is? That's a... That's a, it can be difficult sometimes. So how, how do you know God wants you? One of His promises is that He wants us to live life to the full. How do we know what His plan is for our life? If He says, I know the plans that are to prosper you and not to harm you, that's my promise to you. Well, how do we know what that plan is? We see in John 10 that it is to, to prosper us, I mean, to, uh, for us to live life to the full. And we see in, in that the reason for this whole equipped service is for us to all find out what that is. We were, uh, this past weekend, we were in Nashville with my daughter looking at a college, and I found myself praying more than I normally do. God, show me your will, show me your will. It's crunch time, man. Show me your will, show me your will. And then, you know what? I started laughing about that. I started laughing about that because I was like, I'm about to get up and talk to people about your will and your promises. And you got it all right there for me. That's all I got to do. And I found myself just praying scriptures. And then it became so clear. So how do we know? I love Romans 12.2, which is another promise. I mean, look, you know, you can go through, we, we could talk about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises, but Romans 12.2 says this, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will for your life. Good, pleasing, and perfect will. So do not be transformed, or don't, don't conform, but be transformed by God's Word. So God has a will for you, has a plan for you. And here's what's so awesome about the promise of Romans 12 too. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. 
So like God's plan, God's will for you is, well, good. Pretty easy to know what that means. But God's will for you is pleasing. And we, 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 we overlook this so many times. God will, God's will for you is pleasing. So what that means is that, man, that's fun. That's, that's like code for, dude, that's party time, man. You find out what God's will is for your life. And that's the joy that you could never imagine. His will for you is perfect. And the reason it's perfect is because His will was designed in accordance for the way that He designed us. Does that make sense? His will for us was put out there for what He made our life. I mean, the reason He put us on this planet. So be transformed by His promises. Let God's Word mold you, change you, and literally transform you. And I can tell you this, man, look. We, I see this every day. I'm talking with a guy right now. Twice a week, we get together. And he's a younger dude. He's about 25. And uh, I've, I've seen him go from, well, from like this to like this. And the first thing he said to me was when he walked in, he's like, dude, man, I've been reading like the Bible. It's tripping me out. I'm like, what do you mean tripping me out? He's like, I just feel different. Do not be conformed. Let God's Word transform you is what was going through my head when he said that. Just another one of God's promises. He, got, he opened God's Word and he was finding strength to go do things that, or to not do things that he was you know, he was falling, falling to. So one God, many promises. So we have to, and I, look, I said this before, we have to know them, understand them, and here, here's, here's, man, the word pursue them. We have to pursue them. Like, I love that. I love that pursuit. I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a type A dude, and uh, when I see something that I, like, want then my personality is like I, I envision it. I literally envision it. And when I envision that, I, I write out the things that I have to do step by step to get to that. So, you know, it's like I set this goal or whatever, and then I run off and like make these steps, and then I get it. I pursue whatever it is that I really want. And so what God is saying here is, look, i got a bunch of promises for you. I want you to know what those promises are. And then I want you to study. I want you to understand. I want you to renew your mind and let me transform it. And he's got all these promises in there for us to read. 2 Peter 1.4 And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Isaiah 40, 29-31. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. Even young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. 
They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And do we believe Romans 8 when it says neither life nor death nor angels or demons or present or future or powers or height or depth or anything else in all creation won't be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord or, or Proverbs 133, but all who listen to me will live in peace untroubled by fear or harm. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. One God. Many, many promises. I'm about to wrap up. I know it's the perfect temperature to crash in here and take a little cat nap, but we'll get you out so we can go eat because i got some sushi waiting for me. <clears throat> See, that's the God we serve. That's the God. Like, that's the God. He's laid it all out for us. One God with many promises to you. A God that loves you so much that He was like, you know what, man, I'm going to lay it all out for you. I'm going to write it down where you just got to read it. Believe it. You got to know it. You got to understand it. And you got to pursue it. And And He's saying, I'll transform your mind. I'll show you the plans I have for you. You know, I love uh, the thought of God sitting there and He's, here we are doing this. Right? Or actually we're doing this. And what He wants to see is this. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to reach out. Because see, His hands are always like this. Always. And He just wants us to step out. Just come to Him. Just come to Him. Just come to Him. Because when we know, understand, and pursue His promises, then we find peace. Come to me, all you who are weary, burdened, and I'll, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. I will never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll show you a love that is so big it cannot be described. I love that. He told Jehoshaphat, man, just go on out there. You got three separate armies about to wipe you off the planet of the earth, but just take that leap of faith. Step out there. This battle's not yours. It's mine. There's some of us going through that battle right now. Right now. We don't believe God's promise because we don't know it. We don't know that He's sitting there saying, this is mine, not yours. We don't pursue the fact that God's saying, come to me. I'll give you rest. He's not saying, come get a little more money here. That'll make things better. He's not saying, oh, I'm going to find you a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or girlfriend. He's, he didn't say go to the latest conference on Jesus. He didn't say any of that. He says come to me. And what we see through all of this, that's where He wants us coming because He wants our minds transformed. 
Because this is where we're going to find our peace. Sometimes I flip over and I read scripture out of the, the message Bible. I love the way that, you know, that, that, that it, the translation there. It's kind of fun to read to me. I can, uh, I can relate a lot to that. But Hebrews 6, 17 and 18, I'm going to read this. And this, this, is what I'm going, this is what I'm going to leave us with. But I want you to be thinking about these things when I read this. God wants to bring you out. God wants to free you. God wants to take you, redeem you. He wants to take you as His own, restore you. But then He wants to reveal His plan to you. His good, perfect, and pleasing plan. Hebrews 6. When God wanted to guarantee His promises, He gave His Word. A rock-solid guarantee. God can't break His Word. And because His Word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised home with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God. That's how that scripture reads in the Message Bible. And see, that's our prayer. That's my prayer for each one of us tonight. I want us to know. I want us to understand and I want us to pursue those promises because they lead us, as we see here, directly into the presence of God. What else could we want? What else could we want? And that's what we want tonight. That's what we want for each one of us here. It's what we want with these services, with these Wednesday night equip services. We want us to be fearless and bold and trust in God's Word and learn His promises and pursue His promises so that we can be in His presence. Because when we do that, He's right there with us. Let me pray for us. God, we just thank You for tonight. We thank You, God, that that You allow us to come before You. We thank You, God, that You've given us Your Word, God, that will transform us. And my prayer tonight for each one of us here, God, is for us to humble ourselves and to seek Your will for our lives. Your, Your good, Your pleasing, and Your perfect will so that Thy will be done, God. So that Your will for our lives will be done so that we can live life to the full, glorifying You. In Jesus' name, amen.